Well, let me let me tell you nice things Jack says. Oh. Fuck you, mom. Oh, Jesus. Gives people the fingers, too. What? All of them? Fuck off, Max. Jesus. I should, I should tell him he's a little shitter. <laughs> he's a little shitter. Let him ponder that for a little while. I mean, I guess we should start with static, because that's... Is that the order? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's before back to school. Is that right? Yes. So in between Legend of Billie Jean and Back to School, there's a moment where Keith seems happy to be acting again. Oh, and then Combat High, whatever that is. My name's Jason. My name is Jules. And we doing filmographies. Static seems to be making a resurgence. What do you mean? I did a little digging just kind of trying to find... I, I actually ended up seeing that article that you sent me before. I, you, I looked at it. So you ruined it? You ruined the ending of the movie for yourself? No, I didn't read through the whole Ooh, thing. Just the beginning. Awesome. Yeah, the ending, boy, that really caught me by surprise. I thought that really turned the movie around for me, to be honest. Really? I didn't think it was a terrible movie. It's kind of good. It had some good things in it. I can... If, if that would have been made, like, now, like, post, like primer and all these like really like indie kind of things a little tweaking here and there i think that could have done fairly well i think it gets bogged down too much in the sort of quirky kind of like ancillary characters like the the cousin he's the best he's great he's the best the role of the doesn't really flow great do anything it's yeah. unnecessary how like left field it is yeah he's he's preaching then it's a hustle it's a hustle, right? Then he's like, got his fallout gear on. And, yeah, uh, the drinking tang. Great. Yeah, I felt there were like lingering shots that the director maybe thought looked better than they actually did. Yeah, this movie doesn't have quite enough substance, and your camera and set work isn't quite there. A mm-hmm. lot of the times it is. A lot of the times it's it's working fine. And I think Keith kills it. He's real good in this. He's he's pretty good he's got he's got the charisma back he's got that keith charisma what is it about the 80s and guys in uh trench coats yeah i don't know i mean it must be 50s or 40s throwback right and it must be because it's like him quirky i wear the trench coat rdj in uh back to school john cusack in that movie with the with the boom box oh sure say anything yeah 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 it's got to be like a 40s research i i do have we divulged what we're even talking about no, no, at this no, point? No. we're talking about 1986's static direct 1985's yeah. static directed by mark romanek co-wrote by uh keith gordon and mark mark romanek yeah, yeah. they they teamed up on this shit mm-hmm. i'll give you the synopses here boom 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 it's rated r really because of the violence I mean, the violence isn't... There isn't any... They don't show it. Profanity. No. This, oh, he calls her a whore, I think, at one point. But... Okay, but tits? No, no I tits. Mean, tits. No. <sighs> Fired from Religious Artifacts Factory, Ernie, Keith Gordon, invents a TV to bring in a live show from heaven. I think... So, I mean, what he said, Mark Romanek, who has distanced himself from this movie thoroughly and claims One Hour Photo is his debut feature film, yeah. which came out 17 years later. Yeah, he did 19 years, I think, of yeah. music videos. And, like, um, accomplished ones. Some that I've seen. Yeah, and he's still doing them. Yeah. Beyonce, Lemonade. Mm-hmm. He said that he made a movie before he knew how to make movies and before he had anything to say, and it's juvenile. And he said to the interviewer, thank you, I'm glad that you liked it, but he has no interest in the movie. Which is a bummer. I totally get where he's coming from. Because as an accomplished director as he is now, looking back at that must be pretty horrifying. 
But you're discounting like all the the cult of Static. Because I mean, people do appreciate this movie. I this is a better movie than some of these other Keith Gordon movies. Like oh, absolutely, movies. right. I mean, I enjoyed it more than Back to School. I mean, is it that much worse than like Pie or Bottle Rocket? Right, that's pretty on par with those. Huh? You know what I mean? Like, and this. It felt like it was a 90s indie movie, too. It did, like yeah. It was from the mid-80s. No, and then it very much felt ahead of its time. And, like, if the next one could have been his, you know, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. The beginning was a little um, weird. I mean, it felt like, it really felt like a 90s quirky movie. That's what it, I mean, it starts off at the Crucifix Factory, right? Is that where we started? No, no it, it starts, it starts up at the rock concert. That band fucking rules. I think they're called Plugs. But like, as soon as they started playing music, I was like, oh, this band in the movie, I actually am enjoying the music. The whole soundtrack to this thing's pretty good. It is. I had no idea that was Amanda Plummer. I had no idea Amanda Plummer was Christopher Plummer's daughter. That's that's very interesting. I didn't know that either. And now that you mention it, I don't know if I see the resemblance, but she is a very scary lady. She's very scary. I think she's so scary. Yeah. That her role in Pulp Fiction was like perfect. She's like a snarling rabid animal in the movie. She is. And I feel like I saw her in another movie where she was real scary like that too. And I know a butterfly's kiss. I think that's what it's called. That is a movie that I would throw into the extra bin where it's like, uh, she picks up another lady and they become lovers. And they go around killing Ooh. people. Oh. It's, no, it's not, I don't think it's titillating in the least case. I think it's some pretty unhinged uh, madness. Yeah. Well, watch that. Because, I mean, she's effectively, I mean, is she the, is she's the love interest? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So she's playing the rock concert and then just starts like, she's not playing properly. Well, she's Everybody's years. like, what the heck? But she's, she's done with it. I think she hates the band. Yeah. And then she walks off stage and then it jumps to a very distant static screen as like the titles oh, yeah. are going and, I, and i'm sitting there thinking because i'm not really paying attention i think i was eating at that point and i kind of look up and i'm okay i'm looking up and down and then i'm i'm like wait i, I thought it was the screen was like coming closer no it, it's just it stays there just stays there forever <laughs> that was a really long opening credit are they faster with opening credits now i feel like they're much faster now like grind i mean it just like clip 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 i don't want to watch four minutes of opening credits without anything else to lock in on that's why you need to play it over footage that yeah unless again the the screen i mean it it plays a part but it's not like the central focus so but by the time we get to it if you didn't know what to expect you'd be like oh it's a tv or something yeah it's full of right but it doesn't necessarily loop back to the opening credit thing which i think it's supposed to i don't know and then we see her driving in her car. When did we go to the Crucifix factory? I think after she's in her car driving in, in the map. Oh, the map out. thing is so unfunny. That's something that would be in like a silly Cohen's bro, Cohen Brothers thing. Yeah, it's like it's 1985. You're going to need that map. Oh, that's, that's very true. You know. She's really wrestling with it when it's stuck to her face. And, and she, so she's driving like a convertible yellow Jeep, I believe is what it is. Okay. It might actually be a Volkswagen now that I think about it. So then we jump to Keith in what is passing as a factory yeah um there's like by a he's at a folding table in it's the corner comparable it's comparable technically yeah and he he's packaging crucifixes yeah stark white uh almost like i don't know 
porcelain crucify. Sealing them up in cellophane and putting them in a box? Yeah, and then one rolls by, and I think the Jesus is in, like, a fetal position or something. Yeah. So he puts it in his bag. (laughs) So stupid. You know? That guy's staring at him. Yep. The foreman. Mm -hmm. I thought it was security. I thought he looked like security, but Mm. I guess it's the foreman. I've been watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Really? And in there, he's... Is that good? It's okay. okay. He's working at, like, a um, a meat harvesting place. Obi-Wan has a job? Yeah. Like, to get by, or he's mm-hmm. undercover? Uh, I mean, he's sort of undercover because he's watching Luke from afar. Is he a Jedi? He's lost it quite a bit. This is probably eight years after episode three. Hmm. But, but anyway, so they're cutting up this big animal, and, and every day he cuts an extra slab and folds it up and stuffs it in his um, apron yeah. to take home to eat, Okay, I guess. I mean, he's doing it in front of fucking everybody, and nobody seems to notice. You don't see what I am doing. But that's what I was thinking of when, I, when he was putting the crucifix in his bag. So that gets him fired. Yeah. And then he's walking down the street. And I don't know if you notice this, but you see Amanda Plummer's car drive by. Of course I know. How would you? Are you joking? No, because it's it doesn't, bright yellow. But it doesn't like... It's the only car that looks like that. That's not a natural so I'm car like, color. Is that her? Or is it just that they just don't have any extra cars? So oh, man. She's back in town. It's... a nice touch but it, it's like it doesn't really weigh on anything it's not like mentioned it's just like oh there it is so i mean he slightly reacts to it does he yeah i think there's like a twitch of like murder okay but he doesn't really like stare at it and go after it i just remember him walking there was a disturbance in the force that he recognized and so either he goes home to put the crucifix on his wall of collection of crucifixes <laughs> or he goes yeah or he just goes to the fish diner <laughs> that one's great. Is that a real place, you reckon? I reckon, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon that's a real fish fish place. Yeah. They probably sell bait, but maybe they sell fish. Could be. This was all filmed in New Mexico. Yeah. And we meet the waitress character. Yep. Who, well, first we see the, the boy by the jukebox. Yeah. Singing the cowboy He's song. Working. Yeah. Some more quirks. I think that's her kid. Is it? Oh, yeah, because he comes later. The, yeah. So she's like, hey. So what are you doing here so early? You know, I got the hots for you. I think she's pretty cute. Yeah. Right? You're looking at, I mean, it's another we're example. Not, it's another example of the lead actress and the one that they're pawning off is like fodder. Yeah, I would be frightened of, of Amanda Plummer. I, but yeah. this this lady, I'm like, oh, it's just a nice. She's yeah. cute. She's, yeah, she's really nice, right? I, she's got an intensity. Mm-hmm. It's like a very feral Amanda Plummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's there's something. Oh man, I, if She's I woke a real up, live wire. Yeah, if I woke up and she had like blood smeared on her and was eating a part of me, I'd be like, yeah. I knew it. I saw so, those crazy eyes. Yeah. So they talk about his invention, I think, and he mentions he got fired. Yeah, uh, foreman. He caught me taking a piece from my collection. And then he goes up the street, and we see his cousin. I know what you're thinking. Doing the the, the preaching. Yep. You're thinking, how will it? Total annihilation of the modern world as we know it affect me. I forget the, the character's name and the actor's name, really. But Frank, uh, the warden in Shawshank Redemption, the one that kills himself. That's right. And he's about 10 years younger. And he looks... He looks good. He's hilarious, too. Yeah. I feel like he's playing the material perfectly. Like mm-hmm. He's a good actor. He's straight out of a Wes Anderson movie, and he's perfect. And also points to his uh, Asian wife mm-hmm. for not having them do any of that bullshit they did in Waking the Dead. She's a regular lady. Yeah. No uh, fake accent. No. No stupid stupid comments. No. Just, uh, that's his wife. Those are the kids. Yeah. I liked that. 
kitty something. So he's like preaching on this motel landing outside like the fire escape something. Yeah. He's got like signs set up in front about like Jesus. It's all about World War Three scumming. And so Amanda Plummer is there already and she's got a camera. And I think she takes a photo and he's well, like... let's just say you hand that camera over to me, my little CIA agent, Julia, or is it KGB? You a commie? A spy? Infiltrator. A whore? And then Keith walks up and, like, hugs her. And he's like... You know this whore of Moscow? How does... How do Keith and her know each other, but she doesn't know this fucking weirdo? Good question. Because she's from there. Yeah! Right? This isn't a big town, I don't think. No, and he's... He's probably only a couple of years older than Keith. That guy? Yeah. You think so? Cousin? I mean, like, how old do you think he is compared to Keith? That's a really good question. Well, I can give you some... Because Keith's like... He's about 25. 20, that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. And that guy, I guess that guy's probably in his 30s. Yeah. You know, maybe he's like six to eight years older. Let's say he's 35, because, I mean, if he's the warden in Shawshank, he'd be like 45. That's true. 40. I'm assuming Amanda Plummer grew up there. Yeah. Right? Because the little waitress is like, each other, you got out. Like, you ever went anywhere? Mm-hmm. And Keith, uh, his parents are dead. Yes. Which I didn't realize until they mentioned it pretty far into the movie. It's like far into the movie that they revealed it? I've, they may have revealed it earlier, but I think it wasn't touched on it earlier. It wasn't until later in the movie when they mentioned it that as like the motivation for his device. They died in a car accident, right? The two of them. Oh, you can tell me. But I think so. I think okay. they both died in a car accident. I think she asked how his parents are, and he's like, uh, dead. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So he's touching her jacket. It's weird. Did you know? Did you notice that when they're just standing there talking, and he's, he just keeps like grabbing her coat? Oh no! And like feeling the fabric. <laughs> It's insanity. I've never seen a coat like this before. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another 15 years before it comes here to Fishtown. Yeah, and then he's like, let's meet up for dinner? We, we eat at the fish restaurant. It's it's shaped like a fish. So then they go to the diner. And I think that's when he orders like a burger. And then he's like, I got to go. I got to go. I'm sorry. Uh, remember that lawyer I told you about? It's like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm meeting a lawyer. I don't have any money also. We yeah. can pay for it. Uh, we don't happen to have any. And then that's when Amanda, a plumber, starts talking to the waitress. And it, it, it kind of seems like she's on her side throughout most of the movie. Like Plumbers? Yeah. Well, they have like a weird moment. Isn't there kind of a, a weird vibe a little bit initially? And then Amanda Plummer asks Keith if he's dating the waitress. And he's like, eh, not really. I think when she brought him the burger, she senses something. And so she's like, what? And I think they said they went out like once or twice or something. So he goes to meet the lawyer. And he's carrying around an electric mixer. Yeah. What is? Do they ever clarify what the point? Oh, it's just for. He pulls a part out of it later in the movie. Okay. That he need, That's in his diagram. The last part? Yeah, that diagram. <laughs> so, well, yeah, because he, he pulls the diagram out, right? At the diner. And then she comes in and it's just like a fucking huge poster. And she's like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's for my invention. It's top secret, even though I'm just showing it everywhere. Uh, so he goes to meet the lawyer. And the lawyer, there's a, kind of a funny little bit where he's like, Is that it? It's a blender. Oh, that is a blender. The blender's already been invented, Mr. Blake. I believe it was Oscar Beach. <laughs> Or perhaps it was a Samuel Hamilton. Uh, does, that, does he make that joke? He does. That's funny. Hamilton Beach joke. In any event, this is not a new idea. And Keith's like, no, it's not my invention. It's like, well, then why the fuck did you put it on his desk? Some Shark Tank shit. He's trying to... you got to make the transition quicker. Just Keith. put that next to you. Don't confuse them. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Mr. Money is not having that shit. Well, he's not even looking... For, is he looking at him to be an investor? I think he's... He's a copyright guy. Yes. He's trying to... So fuck that lawyer. That lawyer's only job is just to do what he says. True, but 
at the same time, you know, don't do cute stuff and confuse the guy. Look, uh, Mr. Blake, Fred Savins is just a small-town lawyer, but he doesn't have time to play games. Yeah, there's no point in selling him on anything. You don't need to. And, and Keith is pretty smug in this scene, too, because he's got a Cracker Jack invention. He, I mean, he's smug a lot in this movie because he thinks he's a couple steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and also I think personally because he's like, yeah, we did this. Well, he's just got to I'll never be in a Rodney Dangerfield movie ever. Except for after this one comes out and I'll be in my Rodney Dangerfield movie. Yeah. No, I almost feel like it, it seems like a religious person. He feels like he's got to step up on other people because he has a personal relationship uh-huh. with God. Is he religious? I don't... No, that's just kind of the vibe I get, yeah. like having that extra info that makes him better than other people. Mm-hmm. Am I being... I don't know. No, I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to tell what's going on a lot of the time for his motivations, I guess, other than what we're told. So there's like, the guy's like... Wait up there. Call me when it's ready. Yeah, I'm going to leave. Not when he goes out the door. Um, and it's around Christmas time, too. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember the Christmas Eve comment. Well, and when she drives by him when he's walking down the street, there's like a tinsel bell hung up on a lamppost right out of frame. Almost, I was like, oh, it must be Christmas. I think he mentioned to her we should meet at like 5.34. Yeah, what? And like, you'll see, like, there's something very important about it. 5.34. Yeah. And then he gets her at 5.39. And nothing happened, right? Well, all it was was, um, well, so the copy, I watched this on YouTube. And it was like 240p, right? So it's already kind of hard to tell visually some of the finer details. Uh, but the audio wasn't that great either. So when they're standing there with the, the smokestacks in the back, I'm like getting nothing. Yeah. And there's no subtitles and shit. So basically what he says is it's the sunset. And he's been coming there for like two months or something to watch the sunset, which is why he said that exact time. The sun wasn't down, though. No, and he was late also. So I... I don't know. That's what he said. And and she kissed his neck for some reason. And then he just, she drew back and then he just looked at her. And then the scene pretty much ended. But like the framing of that shot's good. I like that's it. That's a good looking shot. Huh? There's a lot of moments in this movie where like, this is uh, carefully put together. It, that kind of feels like something that you might see in a movie like Mother Night. That's sort of... Um, Did you watch it? No. Um, but but I am fami- I read the book. Okay. And I'm familiar with the sort of um, the, the basics. Yeah even though it's been years since I've read it. But I mean, like that that sort of industrial sort of claustrophobia, kind of the, the factory just takes up almost the whole background. Mm-hmm. And... Blinking at you. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also really like the shot where he goes into that locked room for the first time. Yeah. They made it look bigger than it is, right? Yeah. Or did, okay, I wasn't sure if my imagination took over. Yeah, it, it, it looked like this room. Probably actually this whole basement from afar. But then later when we're in there, it's like this half of the movie. Yeah, if that. It's if bad. that, yeah. Because he's in. A, is he living in the motel? Oh, I don't know. Because like I thought it was his house. His when those old house. guys are outside, remember like the guy comes and it's like a second story. Yeah. Is he living there? I thought it was his parents' house. He's living at the I hotel. I think he's living at the hotel. Good asking. When he but when he opened up that door for the first time, I couldn't quite tell what he was doing because of the quality of the, the movie. And then I saw him put something around his neck. And I'm like, oh, is he going to, like, hang himself in the doorknob or something? <laughs> some auto-erotic yeah. asphyxiation? It's the only way he can talk to his parents again. Yeah. The, for that split second before he almost dies. So he goes into the room, and, and we just see the invention under a sheet. Yeah, it almost looks like a body or something. And I'm like, that, that, that don't look like no TV. And then I think at that point, he goes to his cousin's. 
and they're all dressed in radiation suits. My Christmas present to the family. What the fuck is going on here? They're, they're meant to be radiated. I think they're just like painting suits. Yeah. Stay up to 200 times normal level. That's, that's what I look like when I'm scraping a lot of paint off. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. That's what I look like when I'm breaking bad. Hell yeah. <laughs> is this just a test or do I have seconds to live? Then he gives them a, a present. Since kids are running amok, uh, the wife's like, can I take this dumb fucking suit off? You want some Tang? She's got like a huge jug. Oh, Tang would be nice. That's pretty good. You know? Survival jug of Tang. Yeah. Tang doesn't go bad. Mm -hmm. As long as we got water and we got Tang, we're good to go. And they both only get like the smallest glass. And it's gross. Oh, yeah. It's grainy. So I give him the present and he's like, well, I'm having the reveal uh, party. I gotta go get some party stuff, so I gotta leave now, but y'all should come by. Do we ever see what's in the press? That, that's, that's the gun. Oh. I don't think we actually see it. But when he talks about it later, I think he said... My cousin gave it to me for Christmas. So I'm assuming that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe they do show it. It seemed like something they should show. I have a gun in my bag. And then I think at this point, um, Amanda Plummer is at the diner. And the lady's like... Don't you ever get a break? Can you sit down for a while? She's like, I'll come sit down and have a cigarette. If you want me to. And they're just talking gal talk. Not everybody is as lucky as you. <laughs> You could have got stuck in this town just like anybody else. Why didn't you ever leave? Oh, I don't know. It just turned out that way. Where'd the kid come from? Good question. Who made that dinner? Good question. And is Put the, that baby in there. Is the diner owned by her father? I don't have a clue. Okay. Then then it's 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 pretty much the reveal night. I mean, yeah. this movie moves. It does clip along nicely. I would like also like to say I felt confident in this movie during the fantasy press conference scenario. I guess I'm a little relieved. And I was like, fucking Keith is good in this. Again, that kind of feels like something out of like a Vonnegut, you know, movie with like a Mother Night. And yeah, he's he's got a weird face. He's got a real cat's cradle vibe to him. Like his eyes can kind of get like real bulging. Yeah. And like maniacal. And then he's kind of got like a buck tooth thing going on. Yeah, a little bit. And he's got like a hobnob nose. <laughs> and, You're so mean. <laughs> I mean, like... Here. It's not. I think he's pretty cute. This movie. He's not. No, he's not ugly or anything. Yeah. He's just got very striking features. At some moments, he looks like Jerry Seinfeld with his yeah. mullet, and he's got kind of that. Yeah, okay. Kind of like the the focal point of his face is like very finite, and everything seems to draw in. But I mean, I could see why they hired him to kind of be the stud and. Billy Jean. I see. I don't get that. I mean, he, he, he probably actually should have went with Christian Slater in that role. Got somebody else to be your brother. He's too young. He probably was. He's very young. Well, she's a cradle robber. Saving Kenny. Kenny's going to be spending some time at his grandma's. Anyways, uh, so I like the, the there's like old men outside taking bets. Ray, I'll bet you $10. I know that Ernie for a long time. I'll bet she's got something up there like a new laser weapon or something. So I that was actually really funny when he went outside. And that one guy is trying to... You're right, he's crazy. And then one, the one guy is like in the center or the forefront. He's like trying to talk. And they keep going on. So he... I, I think... Well, I, I think, you know... And, I think he's got something. This, do you think Keith is responsible for writing? Like, who's... This... Uh, I mean, the, the dialogues good it's it's funny mm -hmm. i this this movie really should be a giant hunk of shit for like uh two young guys just throwing it together and putting it out there because mark it should be what mark romanek thinks it is he wrote one hour photo too right probably Did which he? is a a good looking movie but as far as i remember it's actually not that great of a movie i i've heard it's one of those movies where in hindsight like there's a small collection of people who are like no it's better than you think well, i i'm not going back to watch it have you ever seen it i did when it 
right around when it came out. Yeah, same season. And then, and I know going into it, the whole thing was, oh, it's Robin Williams, like you've never seen. Yeah, they they sold us on that a few times. I feel like yeah, you'll never believe what Robin Williams does this time. <laughs> he's a genie. What? So, so reveal. Yeah. So he's having a little bit of a party. The um, kids are over there in lizard masks. He, he that's their gift from him. Oh yeah. And that's one of the 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 like poster options. For the Kid movie. Lizard head. Yeah, like a black and white picture of them standing at the door. Oh, is that what that is? I've seen that yeah. box. I'm pretty sure that's to get to see what was going on there. Like a vaguely like satanic panic type of color. <laughs> and when you just kind of glance at it, with yeah, like a Fugazi record. Yeah. And then bloody letters. And then the waitress puts on Amanda Plummer's band's record. We don't allow this punk shit in our house. Really loud. And it's great, and the kids are dancing to it. Yeah, the shit box. Like, I think we should turn it down, please. Who says Keith? Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. And then, so the lawyer comes in. He's like, am I at the right place? The heck? Mr. Blake, you got me out on Christmas Eve. Better get uh, back to my family. Could you just show me your machine? So Keith kind of um, corrals them up and does a thing, and then he goes to unlock the door. Before we go in, I just want you to know that until now, no other person besides myself has been in this room. I just want to ask that... No food or drink be brought inside. They go into the room, and then he does another speech. After today, people will be happy and not sad. And then he reveals the product, and he does another speech. Essentially, this is a television, but it's not a normal television. This is indeed a television that can tune in heaven. And it's basically like a 1970s monitor, computer monitor with a, an adjacent box uh, with knobs and shit on it and like a little satellite dish on top. <clears throat> Bernie, you can see heaven. Mm-hmm. It's kind of great. I mean, it. it's impressive. Yeah. You know, it's not like what I was expecting. I was expecting like, I don't know, just a TV yeah, I don't that know. he turns on, you know, but he uses the remote, dials the numbers, and I'll show you. It is to keep shifting the, the satellite to get it, pick up the, uh, the, st- the static. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, this, um, this is going to let you see heaven, basically. It's a broadcast. Nobody will ever be sad again. Nobody has to be afraid. You can't necessarily interact with heaven or choose what you want to see. It's just... You can tap into the one CCTV up there. It's a real question mark as to what would be on that TV. Do the people you love wander over and talk to you? Right. Yeah. Is it just a a CCTV shot would really make the most sense? Just like that one high-angle corner cam. Why would there be a camera? Looking at, like, the loading dock door or something, you know? There would have to be a camera. Why would there be a camera? Yeah, it makes no sense. Unless heaven is some sort of um, a, a plane of existence that can somehow be tapped into like radio waves or something like heaven is radio heaven is radio waves well that's why music touches us (laughs) indeed christian music yes especially so everybody's like oh dude there's nothing going on he see you can tell he sees it yeah he's proud of himself and so the lawyer's like all right (laughs) fuck y'all i'm out of here later and then his cousin yeah he goes outside he's like okay naggy pay up he's crazy ain't shit you owe me 20 bucks. The waitress is like, not like disappointed, but also not like concerned. Just kind of like confused. This guy? I went out with this guy. Yeah. And so they leave. And then he, a man of bummer is like, I mean, it's, you know, and he's like, Julia, will you get the fuck out of here? Oh, he does say it's the fuck word. 
Yeah, he doesn't. So that's probably where the Nah, man. You know, you and I both know PG thirteen means you can I know. talk about nine times. Well, the eighties. Well, now technically only once, and as long as it's not sexual. Now, now I don't know what it would have been in nineteen ninety five. Probably would have been a lot more loose. I mean, you could have ripped out a man's heart and still gotten a PG thirteen rating. So. I don't know why it's rated R. Religious satire? Unless it's rated R, like, it had to be re-rated. And they're saying, well, there's, like, a hostage situation. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Unless I missed a dick or something. Nope. And so he sits with the box, and he just stares at it. I'll rewatch for dicks later. Okay. I'll watch it at least one more time. Okay. Dick hunting. Um, I almost bought a DVD. Really? I don't feel like the picture's going to be. I feel like somebody probably put the copies that are up onto a dvd it's hard to say because like maybe it's just that the copy that i had was so bad that by comparison this just looks better dude the vhs rip uh looked better than the youtube rip i I assume that's what that was was a vhs rip laser disc because it's standard format i compared them scene by scene for like a minute or so and i said this copy i downloaded is better than the youtube well, now it's not showing up. Maybe they were all bought out. Mark Romanek snatching them up. Yeah, he's like, God damn it, I told them. So he's distraught. And I think pretty much right from there, it jumps to him on the bus, right? Yeah, and he's talking to the old lady. He, yeah, she comes over. Are you going to Albuquerque? For some reason, she gets out of her seat, moves over and sits next to him and wants to start gabbing. I have a niece that lives in Grants that's nearby. She's a very Dude, fucking old people love talking to young people. I get that now. As I'm getting older, I can picture this. You like talking to young people? No, not right now. Oh. But when I'm like 60, 80... If there's a young person stuck near me, mm-hmm. like, hey, man, fresh meat. I used to do stuff. It's like, uh, what things? It's like the guy at the grocery store. Uh, sir, I'm just checking out your grocery. Well, let me tell you about 1942, sir. I'm just, you know. I'm cornered by old people. When I worked at the coffee shop, oh, there would sure. be people. And I'm, I'm really nice. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> then it's like, you oh, know. good. They're here to talk to me for 20 minutes again. They came in to see me. As long as it's an interesting story, I'm, I'm fine with it. I was doing a walk around once in a park, and uh, I sat down on a bench next to an old guy. I was like, you mind if I sit down just for a second? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he's got, like, his uh, ex-Air Force hat, you know, and he's just telling me all sorts of stories about, like, traveling in San Diego. Really? Yeah. I mean, he talked my ear off for, like, 45 minutes. Hell yeah. I was like, I, I, I got to go. Yeah. You know, because... I was talking to my neighbor. I thought we just had an old man living next door. Mm -hmm. He's got a wife. I talked to her for about a half hour when I needed to get back to work. Like, I came home to do something, and then she's like, hey. We all went over there. And then I was, like, engaging her because I had questions about the neighborhood, about the vacant lot. Okay, so they're on the bus. Yeah, and so this is is where it kind of really gets a little madcap. But not in a bad way. I think the... What is the other... Older lady's name? Sarah. Marjorie? Not Marjorie. Sarah. I don't know. Sarah. But so she's talking to Keith and he's like, lady, I just want to be alone. And so she's like, all right. So that's reading her book and he's like, I'm sorry. I don't want to be alone. And I made this thing and I know it works and nobody can see it. And I got a gun in my bag. And she's like, why did you bring it here? None yet. Well, he starts off with, I have a gun. She's like, I have a gun too. Yeah, she's right. Like, I have a gun in my bag. Oh, oh, was that right? You know, she's not alarmed. No. Um, and she's like, are you planning on hurting anybody? 
Oh, no. I don't think I could ever hurt anybody. Well, uh, you know what, though? Um, you really, really fucked a lot of people over there, buddy. So then he starts telling her about uh, his device. And she calls over her friend, who's a real hoot. Sarah, get over here. Before you know it, there's a gaggle of um, elderly folk um, listening. And they're traveling on a Greyhound. But it's pretty loosey-goosey. In fact, when I showed the driver, I was like, he's not surrounded by a cage? What the, what the hell? Because nowadays they have, like, a bo- border behind them. And then, like, a gate that they open next to them. Really? Yeah. Is this a COVID thing? It was pre-COVID. Now, during, after COVID, they've also got the plexiglass. Huh. But yeah, some of them had like a little gate. It's stupid. It's like, I can I can still reach you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me, says Jules. You know? I, the last time I was on a Greyhound was like 2005. Yeah, it's been ages since I've been on a Greyhound. Oh, wait, no. You and me went to Fargo on one. Well, that was about then, wasn't it? No, no I mean... Ooh, I know I was in the house by then, so it was at least 2011 or 12. Yeah, because I moved here in 09. Oh, I was still in college for the other trip, but yeah, yeah. This, that wasn't we were doing stand up, so actually it was probably like 2014. Yeah, yeah. If we was telling jokes, right, because of the, the the pussy bandit or something. That was a Fargo pussy breaker. He divulges that his plan was to perhaps hijack the bus so that he could talk to the media, and and you know broadcast his device so she's like well that's a pretty good idea we should do that yeah I have to just guns. so she's like let's go talk to the driver and he's like oh okay you know and she's like hey driver he's got a gun and he wants to take us hostage it's very funny man goes, show him your gun oh uh, i left my bag on the seat she goes hey ernie left his bag on the seat there would you bring it here please so the other lazy lady comes up with the bag and he pulls out the gun, and the guy's like, oh, shit. All right, now, this 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 joke has gone far enough, ladies. You're going to have to sit down now, and you put that thing away. He's like, oh, I'm going to hijack this. In fact, pull over up, up there and whatnot. So he broadcasts on the CB radio. Uh, Hatch, we got a situation here. It's a hijack. Tell it. Go ahead. It's all right. A hijack. We got a hijacked bus here. They mentioned Ernie Blick. Ernest Blick. Keith Gordon's character's name. At which point, because the cousin's like a lunatic, He's always got a scanner going, so he hears it. And the cop is the cop from the beginning, right? The sheriff. He told yeah. uh, Frank to get the fuck out of there. Yep. He was proselytizing? Yeah, he was proselytizing. And, and, and so uh, the sheriff and the deputy come out. Uh, Frank comes out and says, keep Frank, keep Frank back. The deputy's like, all right, Frank, stay back, man. And he starts talking to him on the CB like, Ernie, I'm giving you 30 seconds to get out of here. What are you doing, bro? I'm a hostage taker. I want like, press people here with TV cameras. And I want to have an interview, a press conference. We know you're not going to do anything. Ernie, what if I can't set that up? So then all of a sudden, that lady pops out and she's like, He's beating me up! Do what he says! Yeah, that's pretty good. And also, doesn't isn't the cop like, fuck away from me, I don't like you. Isn't that what yeah, because then Frank? Frank comes up and puts his arm around him. He's like, what's the situation? He's like, Frank, get your hands, hands off of me. That is, I, yes, shitter. Keith goes to, yeah, Keith goes to shut that shitter up. And he trips. I think on the old man. There's an old man sleeping on the bus the whole time. Of course. And he fires the gun, and the lady, the grandma, goes up. And she falls inside, and they're like, oh, shit, Keith's shooting grannies. This guy means fucking business. And no, I don't think anybody's injured. I think they clarify that. So he's like, get the get the news reporter down here and shit. Um, and what about the, the SWAT team from somewhere? What's a big city in Nevada? Las Vegas. No, this isn't Nevada. This is Arizona. Yes. Las Cruces. Doesn't make it to Mexico. Yeah. But it, Phoenix? Pueblo. Phoenix? Yeah, Phoenix is Arizona. They were out of call the Phoenix SWAT team. Anyway, 
So a media circus kind of comes up. And at the same time that Amanda Plummer goes back to his uh, apartment, yeah. and for some reason he left his TV on, set to the news channel, because it, she sees it unfolding live on TV. Even though she doesn't see him and, and the volume's down, she's like, oh, my God. And she turns it up. Keith. So she goes out there. We've got the Fargo pussy breaker trapped on this. So, like, yeah, there's a guy with, like, a rifle. He's getting on top of a van. There's a bunch of news people there. Man, the plumber shows up. And uh, she's like, I don't know if you know who my father is, but you better let me know. Listen, Sheriff, I'm a friend of Bernie's, and I think I know. Now, listen. We have things under control here, miss. So she's like, well, maybe talk some sense into him. And she's like, you asshole, what the fuck are you doing? Maybe that's where all the cursing comes from. Okay. Maybe there's some more cursing in the earlier scene, too. Maybe it's taint. Maybe, maybe we're confused. Yeah. Maybe somebody shows her taint. I don't Is there? Could be. That that sounds that sounds maybe. Because I was confident there was no penises. Mm -hmm. but, but there could be a taint region. I might just not have noticed. Mm -hmm. The uh, Flabby, heavy, baby. So then they eventually decide, well, let's put the news reporter and camera on the bus it's acquiesced to his demands and then he'll just give up he's unfolding his map his plans yeah, he's not supposed to do that but see you you're never supposed to give in to them no the people who are like oh. all right there's only one solution to my problem yeah hostages because mm -hmm. you always get what you want yeah it's like make a wish foundation right good to go people just give you that wish so he's like the main component is uh the antenna and this is a converter and they're like oh this is a very good invention we should probably see this invention and he's like yeah absolutely absolutely that that's kind of the idea of all this turn around hey bus driver take us over there the sheriff ain't gonna like that so they start driving and the cops are like, oh, shit, they're moving. And they start shooting out the tires. And then they hit the gas tank and the bus just explodes. <laughs> and everybody's fucking dead. Everybody. All the old ladies, the news team. Yeah. That yeah. bus driver. And Amanda Plummer. We see in the in the background the burning bus and she's in the foreground and she's just like she crumples and I was like damn this movie this movie just took a turn it really, it really did I, I I didn't know what to expect but at that point it could have went really anyway well, I thought the device would end up working and like everybody be like, oh wow mm -hmm. heaven moved so then she goes back again to the apartment and the the device is still on and that's when I thought oh god don't start working show Keith in heaven. You know, stares at the static, right? Touches the screen. Is there any implication that she's seeing it now? No, no. It's just him. He's mentally ill. Yeah, she touches the screen, I think, because it's just like, oh, Keith touched this. And then she gets into her yellow Volkswagen and fucking drives off. That's the end. And then it holds for a very long time on the road. And then it ends. I'll give that to you <laughs> for half price. <laughs> I don't. I like the first two thirds more than the, the last chunk. Uh, yeah. With with the bus, I was a little bit tapped out by the time the bus rolled around. I expected yeah. a little bit more from the machine reveal. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it kind of seemed like maybe the bus was. Maybe that's what Mark had a problem with. Like he didn't have a third act, and they're just like, let's do this. Yeah. What, what, what can he take out? Well, he's on a bus for some reason. Old ladies. Where, where is he going? I don't know somewhere it, it does seem like there could be a, a bigger theme more more soul to give to the movie it just goes from six people seeing it doesn't work to him hijacking this boss yeah and then they're all dead you know it's like maybe they couldn't figure out how to end it then so they're like well it blows up i mean it's an interesting twist in that we kill off a bunch of people mm -hmm. like that's but yeah i guess the movie didn't really pan out to be much no 
It's an almost. That's it's what I texted. It's an almost. You know? Yeah. Right. It's got a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seal the deal. No. It, and and I wrote back to you. It may have just been ahead of the curve. You know, if if this had come out ten years later. But even then, it, it would have been behind the curve at that point. You need like another six months of the script. Yeah. It's a, your question about who did what is it's it's been weighing on me this whole time. Yeah. I don't feel like I got a sense at all of who Keith is in this journey that we're on. I, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think we can apply any of the characters we've seen to him. No. I had some of, <laughs> did you, there's one interview where he's like being very friendly, show busy guy. And I was like, is this maybe the real Keith? I don't like this guy. Yeah. Is this guy, this seems like you're just trying to have a good attitude for an interview talking to a weirdo. During, is like a, when, during an acting period or it's, for what he is period. getting, I think, a midnight clear off the ground. Okay. Or maybe I think it's being shown places. He's talking to some lady. Yeah. So it's like 91 or whatever. It was, it's, I'll, I'll find those links and send them to you. She's got a weird name. I can't remember. But yeah, I don't know who this guy is either. Most of the movies seem like either he fell into the role or it was just a job. You know, like Jaws, it was like an early gig. You know, he's playing a nerd because he kind of looks nerdy. And then that kind of carries over into um, Dress to Kill. He's a little nerdy, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. Because then, like, the the legend of Billie Jean or whatever comes out. And you're just like, whoa, this is like a, a sharp miscast. Yeah. Well, and then it happens again in, well, no, Back to School. We'll, we'll get into Back to School. Yeah. There's, like. Back to School, it those... feels like that movie broke him. Yeah. For one, he's it like. Appears... Wow. We shouldn't talk yet. We're, we're, about to... <laughs> we're about to just go right into episode Nine. Some of these movies made me appreciate Jaws 2 a little bit more. Like uh-huh. I felt like he was a better actor than I was giving him credit for because I wasn't wowed on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Dress to Kill, he's really very good at. And then yeah. by the time Billy Jean comes around, you're just like, I felt like you were making some choices before mm-hmm. in these movies. And now I don't, I don't, he, he, yeah, he ends up doing like bland. Yeah. It's odd. I think I heard him referred to as like a glorified understudy for De Palma or something. Not the most flattering of descriptions when I was just kind of rifling through like articles on, as we watched these movies. Some more, more thoughts on static. I Did don't know. write the script for Mother Night? Oh, I don't know. Co-writer. Because he's handing it to Nick Nolte, right? Yeah. In, in the movie. He must be involved in some... Maybe he's writing all of his... His Kurt Vonnegut is in Back to School. Which is pretty funny. So, I guess, uh, ratings? I mean, yeah. I'm just gonna... Oh! I feel like I want to talk about this movie more, but I feel like I also have nothing to say about it. Yeah, I feel like there should be more to say about it. Like, it it left an imprint on me. Yes. More so than a lot of our, the movies we watched. Yeah, I wasn't miserable watching it. I, I, I feel it's a, it's a pretty well-made first attempt from a writer-director. It should be a lot shittier. It should be a lot shittier. Well, but you could, I feel like there's like, like 10 movies in the 90s that would maybe compare this to that I can't remember the names of any of them. Sure. But this is like a... a, a it had that kind of a vibe. Like, well, you know what? It's not tour. Uh, I think Callie, she watched a little bit of this with me. She put it perfectly where she says this reminds her of an early Linklater movie, like Slackers. Like, maybe the setting a little bit too, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not much. It's a really threadbare plot. Yeah. There's things happening and there's performances and it's got a vision of some sort, but it's just not formed yet. I would say, you know what? I, I, one of the best things I could say about it is the acting doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Like almost all of the act, I think all of the actors. Is there anybody you'd be like, they weren't that good? I no. feel like everybody was good. Even like just the old guy act extras. Yeah. Who were probably just guys. Yeah. I thought the waitress was great. Um, Amanda Plummer, I don't necessarily like her. 
Yeah, I don't really know what to say about her. She's not bad. But no, no, I, she's, I don't know if she's right for this role, but she's fine in it. Because he, yeah, at one point he's like, I, I thought a lot about you. Is she not in love with him as well? Is it not a romance? I don't know. I don't know, man. She just left to be a keyboardist. And that band's dope, though. The band was on fire. God damn, I would buy the soundtrack. I would also like to point out this is probably the first use of the the's song. What's it called? Is that the opening song? Not not the one that they're playing. No, no, but the, like when she's on the road that they play for too long. They liked it. His use of so it. This is the day. And then they had him direct two of their music videos. Okay. Nice. Because of this. This song's great. Yeah. It's been used a billion times since then, but I bet you this is the first time. Yeah, it's got used. a kind of light synth wave kind of soundtrack at times. And weirdly, oh, the movie, I was going to say that the, the song, very weirdly timeless, you know, mm-hmm. considering it came out quite a while, it doesn't, doesn't seem aged at all. Probably because they didn't use those fucking drums from the 80s that everybody was using. You know, like the, she drives me great, that fucking doom. Electro drum pads and shit. You said it's groovy. Yeah, it's it's. You didn't say. No, I didn't. I I would give this movie a six. A six. I think six is good. I, I like a six. I it's not a seven. No, it's not a five. It's not a shit. Yeah. No, it's not a stinker. All the performances were good. There wasn't like like I said, this movie fucking moves at a clip. Yeah. I checked the time just to see. I'm like, damn, it's only twenty minutes left. What the fuck? Yeah, it's not long either. You know, not like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, it's hour and a half, maybe even. Just under, maybe. It might be like 99 minutes. Yeah, I thought it looked good. Some of the shots did kind of linger a little bit. When when you're in tip, like when she goes to pay for the food at the diner, it's like she's just at the diner booth and, and gets up to pay the bill. And it's just like, oh, that kid's going to make it. And one guy said, it's like, okay. <laughs> we didn't need that. Yeah. And a question before you rate Keith's performance. Yep. How, are, how do our rankings go again? Is it... Like, are you doing 10 out of how good he is compared to his other performances? Or is it... I'm going by how good the the performance is within the movie. Are you ranking him based on his other performances? No, I'm just... I'm thinking, like... I mean, I, I would I would probably give him, like, an 8. I think this might be the best I've seen him. Yeah. I almost oh, yeah. want to give him, like, a 9. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, well, you know, there's other people out there that are better actors. So, like, it might be insulting to give him a 9, and then, I don't know, who do we who do we get later, you know? Well, but he carries the movie. Yeah. You know? What's your... I'd give him an 8, absolutely. An 8. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's crossed my mind. So, 6 and an 8, and I'd say 6 and an 8 for me as well. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I could see watching this again. Oh, I, I, I don't. At some point in the okay. di- when I'm on my deathbed. Yeah. You know, yeah. getting ready to go into heaven. I'm going to watch this movie. Okay. Turn, turn this gadadic on. Turn it on. For, for six weeks, 60 years ago, for part of life. <laughs> I feel like I know you more than I know my oldest brother. So, Nick, tune in next week for uh, Back to School. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're really at the tail end of Keith Gordon here. We're closing it out. I forgot there was another movie after Back to School. That's why I was really quite sad. I did too. I was like, this is it. Uh This is the end of Keith Gordon. I figured, oh, okay, well, this will go out on one that I know. We are going to do a single episode covering some of his TV shows. And I don't know the jewels. You don't have to watch them all. I'll watch that shit. I'll watch them. I'm going to, I think, for Dexter and The Bridge, Mm -hmm. we just need to find his scene within the show. That's fair. Because I think both of them are like, hey, I'm in this for 11 seconds and one minute. Right. (laughs) I don't think I, and this is another question I'd like to ask him. I think that he's directing those episodes, and I'm wondering if he is short an actor that day, Mm. or if he's just like, yeah, I'll be in it. Yeah. Just to act. Maybe he's an M. Night. I was like, 
I got to be a sort of small character in everything I do. I don't think I don't think he's got that kind of. Well, that's an M Knight's got like a weird ego thing. Yeah, I think he's a terrible guy. Personally, yeah, I've heard he's a real asshole. I'd buy that. You know, I'll believe anything I read on Reddit, but I think there was like that's that's, that's I'll buy that. Sold American. People were talking about him coming into the restaurant they work at. He's always an asshole. No oh, tips. Yeah. You know, it's hard to really gauge stories like that. I think about that sometimes. I think a lot of it is people bother them every second of their life. Sure. They're out public or near anybody that wants peace at home. I think some of that is also the handlers have to deal with them more than anybody else. So they're trying to create an environment where there's no cause for them to to be upset. Yeah. Because somebody's bothering them. Oh, I liked you in... You know, side of house rules or whatever. So Prince isn't flipping the fuck out, but that's because they're making sure not everybody's saying hi to him every second of the day. Exactly. Lead to a, a frenzy. I Everybody's f- got a bad day, you know. Yeah. You got to pay the cost to be the boss. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, check out our Instagram. We doing filmographies. Yep. Email us at we doing filmographies. Get us on there, Twitter. Doing 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 filmographies. Do filmographies. Do filmographies. I think it's do filmographies. Okay. Is that all of them? Maybe we should get a hotline. Oh, do you guys want a voicemail? We could do a voicemail. Oh, yeah. 763-634-1897. That reminds me, right at like the beginning of the pandemic, um, when I was taking care of my mom, we were watching a lot of daytime TV, and there was a commercial that ran, I'm pretty sure, only once. And in it, it's like some, like slacker guy and he's like hey here's my phone number call me and tell me to get a job and i'm like what so i called it and he answered he's like hello this is whatever what's up and i was like get a job and he was like oh yeah what do you think i should do and i was like oh god i don't i don't know man i don't got anything (laughs) i'm trying to figure out what the fuck this is and i hung up what do you think that was i think it was just some guy who was i don't know bored figured out that buying an ad buy on this particular moment was like what shit were you watching i mean it, it must have been like like a my 25 like one of those digital tv ones yeah so whatever is kind of picked up locally yeah, yeah. my 25 it was it a local number it was an i think it was an 888 number oh god yeah and I, and i and it like happened so quick that i mean there was no way to capture it but uh, I couldn't even remember it after it had happened. And you should see if you can find any evidence of the sunlight. I need to, yeah, because it was like the most batshit bonkers. I wish I would have had like the wherewithal to to really get into it with the guy. I wonder how many people called too, because I got to see right away. Yeah, you know that's that's weird, man. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, hey, if ad buys are that cheap, we we could do a commercial. So we could do them for like my twenty five, yeah, or whatever. Man, I was thinking about doing a medical infomercial you know like you see those all the time yeah it's uh for like toe removal from people that walk around on just like pole legs yeah yeah like they don't need to us sure i thought that was real funny yeah it makes me laugh i don't that's pretty funny i think on that note uh yeah, goodbye i've been jules and i've been jason and good night we doing filmographies is proud to be a part of the now playing network Find other great podcasts at nowplayingnetwork.net, like The Director's Club, where host Jim Laskowski and co-hosts dive deep into directors like Adam McGoyan and Hal Hartley. The Director's Club at nowplayingnetwork.net.